Hi, you're listening to the sermon recording podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. All right, uh, so like Philip said, my name's Neil. I'm one of the co-leadership team here at Awaken. Um, he said once or twice a year. It's actually once a year, uh, and so I'm incredibly nervous. And so I normally spend this time praying, but Philip did an excellent job, so we're going to jump in. Um, this is week three of our movement series, um, and so tonight we're going to be talking about healing in, but I want to go back and take a look at some of the foundations that Philip laid in week one when he talked to us about uh, the church ideas of being attractional or a come and see church and missional, a go and be church, and how Awaken tries to find the balance in those. We try to, we strive to go out into our communities. We strive to be a part of those communities uh, while still Uh, being excited and inviting uh, and showing people what we're doing here at Awaken Church. So Philip did an excellent job in week one setting that up for us. Jeff followed last week setting up rule and rhythm and then doing a great job setting up. um, He spoke a little bit about Awaken's three rhythms, healing in, raising up, and sending out. And we're going to sit on healing in uh, this evening for, for our... Uh, for our discussion point. And uh, we're going to try and go through this pretty quickly because at the back end, you're going to start to see some of the differences in what tonight's gathering is going to look like. And so I want to jump right in. I want to start by reading the definition that Jeff gave us last week for healing in. And that was, God wants to bring transformation, freedom, and healing into every area of your life if you will allow the space for it to be done. That's a really good definition, and I want to take a few minutes to explore it, but I I think it's important to break it into two parts. And so we're going to break it into this first part. The first part, God wants to bring transformation, freedom, and healing into every area of your life. So I want to take this part, and we're going to call this part revelation. As in, God is revealing something about himself to us. Revelation. So this part, part one, is revelation. God wants to bring transformation, freedom, and healing into every area of your life. And so we look at those words, we look at transformation, freedom, and healing, and it's, it's really easy to look at that and think of the, the purely physical parts of that. It's really easy to recount stories from the Bible and Christian history and our neighbors that, that were miraculously healed from, the, uh, from being ill or, or stories of God freeing the oppressed and transforming the broken. And those are amazing, amazing stories and should be held up and regarded with awe how God is moving. But they are not common. It's much more common the simple and repetitive day-to-day trudging that the majority of us go through. That is much more common. Even now in this room, there are people 
and I can speak for myself on some of these, that are struggling with crushing and crippling debt or depression and anxiety or even looking at an illness with limited hope of recovery. And so I want to stay outright. Healing in is for you. Is, healing in is part of your story too. Whether you're miraculously healed from that illness or not, healing in is part of your story. And that's because healing in is seen and measured by the fullness of God in your life. Healing in is not measured by the miraculous, thing that, miraculous things that God does. We should stand in awe of those things. But healing in, is see, healing in is seen in and measured by the fullness of God in your life. And that looks much different than we imagine. Oftentimes, the story of healing in is the story of you finding your delight in the Lord. Healing in is the story of you finding your joy in the Lord, not finding your happiness, because these, these things that we go through, these struggles we go through, they're terribly difficult. But it's finding delight in the Lord through those struggles and believing that God is bringing you closer to Him. And we read about this in uh, James 1, verses 2 through 4, when James tells us, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may perf be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Healing in is God's desire to bring completion into our lives. And so it's measured by God's fullness in your life. And so that, that reframes parts of the Bible like when we read in Psalms 37 verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Oftentimes we read this and we think, we read this verse and we think, awesome, I go to church, I do my stuff. And then I pray for what I want, and I get it. And that is not what healing in tells us. Healing in tells us that despite our circumstances, sometimes we know that our struggles won't go away. But the nearer we are to God, and the more we experience the fullness of what God has for us, the more our desires and delight changes to focus on God. And that's what that verse shows us. Is that the desires of our heart become the longing to be a helper in seeing God's kingdom come now. And so that's my, that's my next takeaway from healing in. Healing in, healing in is now. Often the church has a bad habit of resigning the hope for God's fullness to just after our death. Looking on the other side to heaven, singing songs like when we all get to heaven or all fly away and, and celebrating on the other side. But healing in is now. That celebration, that waiting is forgetting that the Holy Spirit was sent to help us 
now. That we're supposed to experience that fullness of God now. And that's a tragedy. Paul lays this out when he describes how the church is supposed to be a body in 1 Corinthians 12. But as he closes that passage, it's most telling when he says in verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and and individually members of it. Now you are the body of Christ. Not now you will be the body of Christ, not just wait, it'll happen for you. Now you are. We are healed into being that body. The crucifixion of Christ didn't happen to save us for heaven only. It allowed us to be restored into fullness of God right here. And so that first part, that revelation, that first part is that healing in is seen in and measured by God's fullness in our lives. And that healing in happens now. And so I want to move on to the second part of that definition. I want to begin looking at at that part. It says, if you allow the space for it to be done. And I forgot to put that in highlighted, so Kelly did not put it on the screens because I did not tell her to do the right thing. She's back there smiling at me right now. Um, But the back part of that definition is if you allow the space for it to be done. And we're going to call that section response. So we have section one, revelation. and We have section two is response. And response is the action that we will take from the information the Holy Spirit has just given us. So response. I love that the response section of this puts the responsibility back on us. We have to make space to allow God to draw us into his fullness. Because it's not enough to know that God wants wants you to be transformed. It's not enough to know that God wants your freedom. It's not enough to know that God wants healing. You have to make the space in your life for God to move. And that's where you put the rule and rhythm to it. And that's what I want to be looking at as we continue. That's what makes healing in the most worship-centered and worship-facing of our rhythms. is because it is about your individual relationship with God and your community relationship with God. It's also, um, I like to say, most of the time I can be found on stage uh, leading uh, songs. And then every now and again I'll get to share a little, a little blip at the beginning of the service. And, and I like to... I like to say that we don't begin worship when we come here. We aim it. And so healing in is the tool by which we aim our worship back to God. It's, it's the rhythm that Awaken uses to aim our worship. And so Jeff, last week, um, he, uh, he talked about 12 pathways that we've talked about before. 
And six of these we've identified as primary to healing in. And those are gathering, prayer, accountability, scripture, rest, and generosity. Now the the other six, they are beneficial, but they are not focused as heavily on your relationship with God distinctly as much as they are about our community and being together. So this is where our gathering starts to look a little different. Because I want to spend some time practicing these. Fortunately, we're already knocking out one of them. We're gathering right now. Gathering is important because it allows you to sit and hear stories and sing songs with other, uh, with other believers and aim that worship and heal in. It is, it is vitally important to find yourselves in a gathering, whether that be our worship gathering here or missional community, but find people that believe that you can aim your worship towards and that you can be on mission with. So for the remainder of our gathering, we're going to have times of practicing these things together. The band is going to come up, and and we're going to sing a few songs. We're uh, We're going to be celebrating the rest of those together. As we do... I would encourage you to pray over how God is moving. I would encourage you to continue engaging in worship, not just in the singing of songs. There are going to be actual times where, where you're invited to practice some of these things. In your programs, there's a, uh, there should be an extra sheet of paper um, in a few places uh, you may feel the urge to write some things down. Uh, you may feel uh, the need to do some of the, um, to write some of these practices down because we want to provide an atmosphere not only where we get together and sing, but we also learn together, where we can take these things back to our lives, and we can take these things back to our our individual lives, and we can put these things into daily use. And so, there's going to be a time of prayer. There's going to be a time uh, where we go through accountability, Scripture, rest, and generosity. And if you don't have the experience that you would like in those areas, or you're not confident in those areas, or those are places where you feel that God needs, uh, is, is pushing you to develop, that's one of the, some of what we're going to be doing here. We're going to be practicing those together. As is our custom, we, we believe that worship is interactive And so even without these times of practice, we invite people up to our response stations. We have our communion over here where you can celebrate uh, the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. We have our stone washing station where you can write down something that you you want to see God powerfully remove from your life 
write it down, put it in the water, wash it away. There's nothing magical about the rocks that you write on or anything. That's not going to do it. But it is a visual representation of worship and a visual reminder that God is working on these areas of your life. We also have our, our cross station where you can write those things that you want God to know. Those things that you, those prayers you want God to hear, you write them down. Celebration, mourning, any of those things, you write those down and you put them on the cross station. Those will be open this entire time we gather to worship or we gather and worship. And again, as we continue, please feel free to take notes and read Scripture um, with us. And so I want to start with prayer. It's important to me that we begin with the time of prayer. And so if you don't know how to pray or are nervous, that you'll say the wrong things, we get to practice together now, and that's exciting. If you're strong in your prayer life, I'd also encourage you to practice praying for God's purpose. Not just praying for things, but praying purpose. And so I want to pray together, and the prayers we're going to pray, they'll appear on the screen. First, Holy God, here are my hands. Who do you want me to serve? What things are you leading me away from? How can my small hands help build your kingdom today? Loving God, here is my voice. I commit to only speak words of life today. Words that always speak in truth and always speak in love. Help me to be a voice for the voiceless and help me know when to stay quiet. Awesome God, here is my heart. Speak what is true unto me. Reveal to me the things that stand between me and your fullness. Almighty God, we thank you for your deliverance through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Help us to see your movement in our lives and in the lives of people that you guide on our path. That your kingdom can be revealed on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. If you'll stand, we'll begin to sing together. At the heart of accountability is the ability to freely confess our shortcomings to another well-trusted believer so that we can receive counsel and aim our worship. This evening, we're going to enter a time of confession where we confess these things to God. I would encourage you to write down the things you confess so that you may look back on how God has delivered you. The God revealed to us in the pages of Scripture as a welcoming and inclusive God who directs us to love one another. We seek to remove all the barriers that keep us from that love. 
Confess now all that separates you from others and from God. In the same way we confess our sins, we also affirm God's power to remove them and to make us whole. And so we read in Psalm 103, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor, he will, nor will He keep His anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love towards those who fear Him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. We're going to continue with the pathway of Scripture. Scripture is one of the primary ways that we can study God's character. It's a celebration of what God has done and a guide to what He's doing. And so we're going to engage in a practice um, called Lectio Divina. This practice is a time of studying Scripture where you read a short passage multiple times. We're going to read it four times in total. Before each reading, I'll provide an instruction, and I ask that you will engage in those. So I'm going to start with our Scripture this evening. Out of 1 Corinthians 1, verses 20, 22 through 25. For Jews demand a sign, and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. If you'll take a moment and meditate on this. As we move on to our second reading, if you will respond after the reading by saying aloud one of the words of this passage that stands out to you as one of the ways that God is speaking to you. And so we'll read this together again. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. 
but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. As we move on to our third reading, if you would respond with a word about the way God is challenging you in this passage. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Wiser. As we read our fourth and final time, when it comes to a close, if you will join as we pray together, if you have a prayer for yourselves, please voice it out loud as you hear a prayer being led. Pray for those ways that God is challenging you through these scriptures and through what we're doing this evening. And this is our fourth reading. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of, weaknesses of God is stronger than men. Let's pray. God, at this final moment, would you please take the power of God and the wisdom of God, no matter what our past is and where we come from, would you remind us that you are an almighty God, you are a God of wisdom, and that you invite us as your children, your sons and daughters, into a space where you want to lavish that on us, where you want to show up and show out how amazing you are through the relationships that you've put in our lives and even in our own life, God, as you heal and bring healing to the brokenness of who we are because you are a strong God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In addition to the pathways we've practiced tonight, the Bible instructs us to find places of rest, to find the things that refill you, not only physically, but also mentally and emotionally.
Sometimes this will mean taking a look and assessing the things in your life that cause unrest. We're going to continue tonight by asking some questions. I would encourage you to write down both question and answer as a reflection on where you have been able to find rest. Our first question. What area, in what areas of your life do you feel most tired? Our second question. Why do you feel tired in these areas? third question. What has this tired done to your life and relationships? As we contemplate these questions, as we think about these things where we hope to find rest, we'll also begin singing once again a refrain about asking God to let us find and become aware of his presence. If you'll process these and, and pray while you sing. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and take a seat for this next part. As Neil shared, our goal tonight is to spend at least a sacred moment engaging in each of these pathways that we've set aside tonight that have to do with the healing component of what God wants to do in us, through us, and for us. And just as a personal confession tonight, I think sometimes for me I get lost forgetting that God wants something for me, not from me. And I've grown up with this lording over you God image for most of my life. And it takes constant, repeated, consistent awareness for me to reset that image into a loving father who wants something for me, not from me. As a church, we practice living into different ways of worship. And if you've been a part of Awakened Story for any length of time or whether you're new this tonight for the first time, we as a church have really strived hard to not just do this thing that people or churches call tithing. We actually do this thing called generosity and stewardship. 
And the reason why we never use this word tithing, because God's not interested in a percentage of your income. There's no dues or fees to be a part of the family of God. And somehow that concept causes this, I want something from you, peace. And so instead, when we view this, the pathway, especially of generosity, as God wants something for you, it changes the entire landscape of how I view my resources, my time, my home, my car, my checking account, the gifts that God's given me, the ability to help a neighbor move to rake leaves for an elderly woman. All these things change when God wants something for me, not from me. And so we've, as a church, tried to create this very transparent conversation around finances, not because there's anything wrong with talking about money. It should be something that's talked about, but it should be done in a way, as Paul writes, that's done from a place in our heart as a cheerful giver, not out of obligation, but out of what God has called us to set aside for him, for the betterment of this community, for the betterment of the kingdom of God coming from heaven to earth. And so that, that intersects for us as a church around these two pathways of stewardship and generosity. From a practical standpoint, you've, you've been around for the last few weeks, we've talked about the fact that we as a church have been uh, collecting above and beyond gifts to help go towards the end of the budget year to help us kind of live into this new space of really trying to live into our next budget year from a place of being a generous church. And that very concept is generosity, not stewardship. Stewardship is how we take care of the things that are all God's that he gives us. That's stewardship. But generosity speaks to the heart piece. And the moments that I find Philip and myself grabbing onto something and clinging tight to it, it's when I realize that that thing or these things have some level of control over my life. And the pathway, which is the prescription that God gives us, the medicine that God gives us to eliminate this tight grip that we hold on to things is when we let things freely come and go, pass through. And we were reminded of the fact that it's all God's anyway. So steward and handle your homes well, right? It's a huge part of what we talk about as a church, but the moment that it's yours and you speak about it as if there's some possessive nature of these things, I would challenge you to come back to this heart of generosity. Say, all right, God, I, I think too much that these things are all mine. And so in this moment, what are you asking me to give up as to reset my heart in this process? So tonight, if you choose to give, and that's a part of what you do, if you call Awaken Home, if you're a partner of our community, there's obviously ways that you can do that. You can give through texting. It's up here on the screen. There's an envelope in your program where you can give, or you can log online after tonight, you can give. But again, I would ask that whether it's above and beyond you're giving towards the end of our financial year or whether you're just giving tonight out of what God has called you to, we're going to get ready to collect our offering. And the reason why we're taking this special moment tonight is to not ask for anything from you. It's to ask for you to pause for a moment before these baskets are passed, before we sing the next song, and, and ask yourself, God, what do you want for me as it comes to generosity? What are you asking me to give because of what you want to transform and heal in my life? Let's pray. God, would you take our lives, our resources, all of these things that you 
have graciously and generously given to us, the very breath that we take. And would you cause us in this moment to reset and realign our lives back to you so that you can continue to heal us, especially as it comes to our resources. God, would you heal us from this lie that we believe that it's ours, that we did something to earn it. God, all good things, Scripture tells us, come from your hand. And that God, as an act of what it means to be the church, to be a Christ follower, you invite us to live generously. As we've read throughout this series in Acts chapter 2, they came together, they put their things together, they gave generously, and they met the needs of those around them. God, would you continue to show us as a church how we can meet the needs of each other in this community, how our missional communities can rise up and be not just hands and feet, God, but practically find ways to care for each other and in their neighborhood, God. God, our church desires to be a reflection of your heart. So God, whatever that means for our parts individually tonight, the onus, the responsibility as Neil shared is on us. So God, in this moment, would you just pause us long enough to realign us around the heart that you have of generosity. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we close tonight, I'm sure I'm supposed to say something really smart here. (laughs) Mostly, I want to say thank you. Hopefully, through practicing all together tonight, you're able to take something with you as you go. And so thank you for coming along. 